Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1. You're very welcome back. Now, the recent shooting of Detective Chief Inspector John Caldwell in Oma threw up an interesting scenario for arresting officers. Of the men taken in for questioning, four were connected with the new IRA and four were from Protestant backgrounds. So what was their motivation and does this mean that the lines between drugs, gangs, organised crime and sectarianism are becoming blurred. For more on this, I'm joined by Alison Morris, crime correspondent and columnist with the Belfast Telegraph, and by John O'Driscoll, retired assistant Garda Commissioner. Alison, I'm going to just go to you first. The profile of those arrested um, may have caused uh, some confusion for some of our listeners, because I suppose in the past, when a PSNI officer was shot, the finger of blame would have pointed in one direction only. Do we know what's going on? Um, from very early days, we're briefing us that it was the new IRA were responsible. The new IRA have made it clear that they have an interest in um, shooting members of the security force in the past. They've targeted prison officers. They have targeted police officers, albeit not in attacks like this. This is the first time we've seen a shooting of this ty- of this kind. Um, but also, you know, I, I urge caution straight away and that DCI Caldwell, the most senior officer who's been targeted in peacetime in Northern Ireland, was also extensively involved in investigations into organised. I think we may have some difficulty with Alison on the line. Just whilst we get up a new line for Alison, I might just go to uh, to John. John, does it surprise you in any way that the PSNI are investigating organised crime, both new IRA and apparently loyalist, in this particular investigation? It doesn't, and indeed, uh, Alison was covering as far back, I recall, when I was in the Garnishikon in November 2020, she referred to the head of the criminal investigation branch uh, at that time in the PSNI, John McVeigh, uh, talking about raised eyebrows in, in relation to the links between uh, the paramilitary and the uh, or- organised crime groups. And indeed, uh, last October, uh, before a Westminster uh, committee examining paramilitary activity, um, Chief, the Assistant Chief Constable Mark McGoon uh, reported that of the 68 organised crime groups that they could identify in Northern Ireland, 22 operate both sides of the border and 32% have direct links with paramilitary groups. So it's clear uh, that there is a significant level of cooperation uh, between organised crime and terrorist groups. And the concern about this is is not only in Ireland, but it is wider afield. And indeed, uh, at a European Union level, uh, Europol have warned about uh, corrupting influence of of organised crime groups uh, and their infiltration and undermining uh, of Europe's economy and society. Indeed, in, in Belgium at the moment, uh, the Minister for Justice is uh, in hiding, or reported to be in hiding, from organised crime groups. And he spoke recently about uh, the fact that we've entered a new phase of what he described as narco-terrorism in that country, uh, which means that the drug world is threatening the public and decision-making. But, of course, in Ireland, the links between... Uh, organised crime and uh, paramilitary organised crime groups goes back even further because 
in this context, the event in August 2001 involving three Irish nationals uh, being involved uh, in, in the training of FARC uh, terrorist groups, the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, uh, certainly was an issue that raised eyebrows and, and disclosed uh, the extent of cooperation or the extent to which paramilitary groups would cooperate with terrorist groups. Outside of their... I would have to wonder what was the quid pro quo uh, in that arrangement and would uh, organisations as far away uh, as South America uh, have, uh, who are peddling drugs have influence on decision-making in, in, in the political world in Ireland. Can I just bring, I think we've got Alison back on the line. Alison, no charges um, yet in this case, but looking at the broader issue, you know, normally when we think of uh, cross-border cooperation or cross-community cooperation, it's in a, in a positive light. But in this organised crime gang context, how, um, you know, I suppose, how, how frequent or how common is this kind of cooperation? Well, we do know that going back a very long time, there has always been cooperation between crime gangs and paramilitary groups. The Regency trial, let's face it, is a, the most recent example of that. And also in that case, one of the, the people who was shot as part of that, Kenahan Hutchfeud, a guy called Mickey Barr from Straban, he was shot for being a participant in that drug feud and yet was brought back to Straban and given a full NARA paramilitary style funeral when he died. So you can see there's always been that crossover. The difference in this case is that some of those arrested are from the Protestant loyalist community. And that, I suppose, uh, and it's, is people it, a bit. Is it that, Alison, that's thrown people a bit, uh, that it yeah. is, that essentially what we're perhaps not dealing with uh, is Republican or loyalist per se. It is perhaps that groups who are involved in organised crime, criminal activity that um, that are perhaps maybe not working on each other's patches or, or, or perhaps are cooperating. I think it's thrown people because they <clears throat> assume that when they say loyalists, they mean loyalist paramilitary, and that's not what they mean. The people who are suspects in this case are criminals. They're from a criminal gang, in fact, a sort of criminal family, sort of almost mafia-style enterprise, and they have links to members of the NRA going back many years. Um, and the, the inference is the police suspect that they were responsible for the targeting of DCI Caldwell, who had been actively involved in investigating their activities in the past. Um, they were the people who helped set him up, and the NRA carried out the shooting. Um, and also that this crime gang may have provided some of the weapons used in this case. That is the unusual part, but um, the fact that they're cooperating with criminals, that is not unusual well, at all. Can I bring just John in on that? Because uh, perhaps maybe what has thrown people is perhaps have the old sectarian divides, have those been transcended really just by organised crime? Is it, you know, maybe those old divides that we're used to in terms of paramilitary groupings that in fact really what unites them is their criminal activity? Indeed, you know, we heard, we know the phrase their cause, but for many of these people, the cause is money, monetary gain, uh, and people shouldn't be hoodwinked into thinking uh, uh, and being influenced in their decision making, believing that these people are uh, have 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 a, a, another objective which is more important to them than their monetary gain, and um, you know, one would have to wonder for some of the people involved. Uh, do they uh, really want to see uh, a solution to the difficulties that arise in Northern Ireland from a political perspective? Uh, because maybe uh, it, it would benefit them 
better if if the uh, difficulties that arise up in that jurisdiction were to continue because it would help them to grow in terms of their uh, criminal enterprise uh, so it's it's you know it's not new i can recall back as far as the 1990s when i was in a, involved in policing the drugs issue in north inner city dublin uh, when ecstasy tablets were for sale, we certainly believed even as far back as then that there were paramilitary organisations on both sides of the divide in Northern Ireland that were involved in the supply train trail of uh, drugs uh, that were circulating uh, on both sides of the border. Thank you, John. Can I just ask you, Alison, um, whatever about a changing of the guard or working across old or new sectarian divides, some of the details about the attack on John Caldwell pointed to a lack of experience um, of of those who may have been involved in this horrific attack. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of, of shootings recently. That's, I suppose, you call them gangland-style shootings of people who were alleged to be major players in the, the drugs trade. And you can see in those cases, the gunman was very experienced. You know, those people were shot multiple times at very close range with absolutely no chance of survival. There was 10 shots fired at DCI Caldwell. Four hit him in the torso. The rest, there was bullets found lodged in nearby parked cars and all sorts of places. The gunman appeared n- nervous and inexperienced, was how eyewitnesses have described it. And the fact that DCI Caldwell thankfully survived that attack and is still in hospital, albeit in a critical condition, um, points to a lack of experience in terms of it wasn't the sort of execution style shootings that we have seen in recent years in Northern Ireland. Um, it was much more haphazard than that. The gunmen in this case are thought to be quite young um, and quite inexperienced in that in itself. You know, these are things I've written about in the past. The fact that we're, there are people involved in these, people think of distant Republicans, they probably think of sort of disgruntled former members of the professional movement, but that's no longer the case. You know, the gunman who shot Larry McKay was a teenager, the people who, you know, we can see in the, the age profile of the arrest, the very young people are being sucked in um, to these paramilitary groups and they're people who were born after our ceasefire, after the Good Friday Agreement. agreement. So the, a changing of the old guard, but a continu- continuity of certain activities. To Alison Morris, crime correspondent and columnist with the Belfast Telegraph and John O'Driscoll, retired Assistant Garda Commissioner. Thank you to you both. We'll take a quick break. Today with Clareburn. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player app.